And now, weighing in out of the blue corner, Josh the Pong Thompson. 100%. And on the other mic, he weighs in from the red corner, Big John McCarthy. Well, it was a very big <laughs> night of fights, and it was a huge win by Josh's man, Islam Makachev. But the bigger moment, the biggest moment, is the fact that this is episode 300 of the Weighing In podcast. And we are absolutely thrilled to be able to talk about the fights that just took place. My man, Josh Thompson, doesn't have a lot to say. He said, you know what? There's really nothing I can say. I'm not going to really talk a lot because, you know, I just already said it all is what he said. So we're just going to talk about this. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. No one wants to listen to you right now. (laughs) What's up, brother? You refer to me as Bad Take Thompson now. That's all you guys refer to me as. You guys can understand that I have the best takes in the sport of MMA. Don't ever discount me ever again. Lastly, though, I want to say this. You guys get used to saying this when Islam Makachev fights. Hashtag and still. Ooh, there you go. <laughs> if you guys want this shirt, you guys can pick it up at Wayne in. Doc Wayne and Podcast.com. Make sure you pick hey. up some of our merch. This shirt's available, and I know all you Islam fans swoop one up, send a picture to us, and I'm gonna post it to all those people that said Charles Oliveira is gonna knock him out. Charles Oliveira is gonna submit him. Blah dee da dee da dee da. I'm gonna send one to Big John, okay? Because that's what he needs. He needs one of these too. He's gonna get used <laughs> to saying hashtag and still and still. I have, John, you know, I, I, text I have one you. of those. And still, and it's because I am always (laughs) and still the champion when it comes to the picks between you and me. So, now you got, look at you, your your man won it. He deserved it. He he looked fantastic. (laughs) Look at, I'm trying to be actually honest here. And you can, you're on a train, man. You're just rolling along. I'm just (laughs) running through you. I'm running through you today. Running through. I finally got one right. My Twitter blew up. They were like, oh, man, take it easy on Big John, please. He's 80 years old. Just take it easy on him. <laughs> I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take it easy on him today. Hard in the um, paint. John, let's be honest, and I'm going to continue to say this. These two, though, are leaps and bounds above the rest. Right now. That's it. Yeah. Yes. Right now. I agree. That's, that goes with any. Like one, one fighter can lose and then they, they may disappear. We've seen guys sure. that were on the top of the food chain and they'll fall off because confidence is key. And we can't say, I cannot say that enough. Big John and I have been saying this for the longest time. Confidence is the thing that will get you through not just fights, but in life. You need to make sure that you are 100% confident in everything you do. Believe in yourself. Charles Oliveira believes in himself. Islam Makachev believes in himself. These top guys in the in the top five, top eight, top ten, they all believe in themselves. Gamrot tonight believed in himself. You know, Darius believed in himself. All of these guys, they they step in that cage. They believe in themselves. It's after. It's what they do after that defines what they, who they are and what they and how great they can be. How far they're gonna go? And just I'm gonna be on how far they're gonna go. Yeah, John, I, I could sit up here and and gloat and do all the other things, but look, there the biggest thing is this. And I'm going to continue to say this over and over again, I'm sure. I said this about Habib when he fought Justin Gaethje. I said, people don't realize the Dagestani, the Sambo style of wrestling, in which is learned from Habib's dad. That style of what they do and right. what they are good at, it best it benefits them. You've seen We've seen countless Sambo guys come in. We just saw, I just watched one um, last night uh, go against um, one of the Rulatola brothers, Cade. 
He didn't look that good. That guy got submitted by a jiu-jitsu guy. Sure. That's my point. My point is, is that, look, Sambo guys are great, but they're great with striking. They're not just 100% submission-wise. Cade Rutulo is one of the greatest submission experts to ever come into the, into the game. But Islam Makachev is built different. Habib is built different. Charles is a great jiu-jitsu guy, a great fighter. But the moments come when they're, they're separated at certain points. His father left a legacy with the guys that he has helped build. And he and Habib has been very clear about this, that Islam was always like his number one student outside of him. And they have been best friends since they were young, young kids. They love each other. They care for each other. They are all about helping each other grow. And you see, and I saw, and I stayed a little bit and watched because I was at a friend's house watching, uh, watching the event. And I said, you could just see just that feeling that Habib had when he gave Islam a hug. And it's just like, this is, it's, it's complete. It's not completely over yet. Just so everyone <laughs> no. understands. It's complete in what the, 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 the dream was. But Habib now has a lot of responsibility on his shoulders to do what his father did. Create your own champions. Islam may be champion because Habib helped him get the rest of the way, but his dad built him. And I think that Habib is going to take that to on his shoulders now. You should expect that next generation of fighters to come like as if it was from his dad. And I get nothing but respect to Habib, nothing but respect from Javier Mendez. That stand-up, Islam stand-up never looked that good. No. It looked good. Oh, it looked great. It never looked that good. That first left hand that he, that he composed, hit him with, man, it hurt him bad. This show is brought to you by MyBookie.ag. You guys, if you guys have been listening to us all week, don't miss out. Use our promo code WAYNEIN. Don't miss out on using that at mybookie.ag. Get a little extra spending cash by using our promo code Wayne In. You guys would have made a ton of money from this weekend's fights had you listened to Big John and I. We were right on track, right on task, like we were supposed to be. And I'm telling you, mybookie's already reached out to us and told us, hey, you guys are blowing up the scene at mybookie.ag with your promo code Wayne In. We're coming in hot with some good takes. I know I got called Bag Take Thompson quite a bit this week, but guess what? We were on track, Big John and I. We crushed it. We killed it. And hopefully we made you guys some money at mybookie.ag. Use that promo code Wayne. Everyone, again, a lot of people said that Charles going to outstrike him out and knock him out. I, I would have, I would have probably agreed, agreed. But the way that I went about it though was, if Charles was concerned about the takedown, you understand more than anyone because you've been in the cage with the it's best fighters limit in the world, his all ability across to be the world. In the stand-up. Because that split second of hesitation right. is he shooting when his arms move, when his elbows leave his ribs, that split second of hesitation against the world-class athlete that Islam Akachev is, is all you need to get the takedown, to land the shot, to do whatever it is you need to do that he was thinking about doing. And that's all it took. That those shots that Islam that uh, Charles took, it was because for a split second he was thinking about the takedown. When he moved, and he flinched, when he fainted, was he gonna try to take me down? Was he lowering his level? Was he trying to get to the underhooks? I got nothing but respect for Charles, and I've always had nothing but respect for Charles. I've loved Charles as a fighter since he was at one forty-five. I, I've, I've said this. I know people didn't hear it because all they heard was me being a homer to, to, to my boy. But I want to, I want, like I said, I want to remind people I will continue to be a homer for everyone that trains out of AK for the life of AK's standing of being a gym. And I, even if I've never met the guy or trained with the guy, I will be that way. Javier Mendez is, 
is, I would say almost is, I would say is like a, a second father to me. Someone that kind of was there for me a lot. Now, look, we've separated like, you know, as fighting careers and trainers sure. got to continue to build their, their, their athletes. We're not as close as we used to be. But when I see him, it's all nothing but love. Same thing with Bob Cook when he's my, he's my manager. He's been my manager since I was 19 years old. I've never had another manager. It's just one. Every time I see him, it's hugs. I love you. You're my, ma- you're my guy. Like, that's the thing. Um, but, and John, you've seen how I am with people, man. The people that I'm close with, this is how I am. And I care for them a lot. Care for Islam. Care for podcast, Dave. Care for you. You know, I get a little emotional sometimes, a little teary eyed, but like, it's important to me to, to have people like this that I really care for that I've grown up with. Luke Rockhold, when he fought Paulo Costa. Same thing, man. I'm a fucking wreck when my boys are fighting. And, and I think that's what yes, makes it. you are. Makes me who I am. I'm a wreck, man. <laughs> I'm a wreck. It is a lot easier to watch or to fight your own fight when you're in there than it is to watch your friends fight. And if anyone tells you different, they're lying. And then maybe they're not as close to your being a friend to, to you as they, they say they are. Well, this, this why I we, can't. This is why we always say clinch be, up. being that trainer is the worst oh, position the to worst, be in. Because it... it it doesn't matter what you did. If the fighter goes out there and is doing great, yeah, it's great. But as soon as the fighter's not doing anything that you said and things are going bad, it's there's nothing you can do. You can try to snap them out of it, but there's nothing you can do. And you're just watching someone that you care about. I mean, you truly care about. Yeah. Go out and just take punishment, not be successful, and it's brutal. It's just a terrible experience. I spent the last... 10, I'd say the last eight, maybe years of my career training with not, like a majority of with Islam, Habib, and then little Umar came along like little, I can't, I, I spent a, a majority and then I realized how good they were. I spent the majority towards the end of my career training with them specifically. Now I had other guys, Thomas Dion's, he was my main, probably one of my main sparring partners. So good on the feet, so dynamic, just good uh, Sancho like takedown guy but then you mix him with Habib you mix him with you know Islam you mix him with other guys that Islam and Habib had brought a little Umar I'd mess with him around a little bit you know and spar with him it's just you you build a relationship with fighters that you train with and I'm a ride or die kind of guy when it comes to my boys and I don't know it just I knew that he put he possessed all the threats that I've seen Charles break to at 145. Now he didn't. Charles didn't break here. This I, and I said this. I said this. I said if Islam's going to catch him, he's going to catch him with a couple things: the side choke being one of them, the Kimura being the other, and and a potential leg lock. But to me, it was always it was always the Kimura or the side choke. He is he gets to that position whether he's in half guard, a full side control. It doesn't matter. He gets there, and it's a different type of squeeze. There's certain fighters that have that squeeze. It's oh, yes. just a different squeeze. Yeah. And and it doesn't matter how good of a jiu-jitsu guy you are. Like I've said for countless, Habib didn't have as as um was didn't have as much success against top level jiu-jitsu guys in training, but he still would grind on them and work them. And but when it came to like guys that got to positions, he was able to escape. I never seen him get tapped by top level black belt. Never. He, I never seen him tap to that position to, to anybody in a top level um, black belt position. Islam, I had seen put them in jeopardy over and over and over again. Top level guys. I, I, I've seen Islam dominate top level guys, top level jiu jitsu guys 
from the mount position, from side control, takedowns, foot sweeps, all of these things. So I knew that Charles was going to be in some trouble. And these guys were mainly bigger than him when Islam was training with them. So when you have guys that are bigger than you, that are top-level jiu-jitsu players, and you're still able to work them around, move them around, sweep them, danger, and put them in danger, make them escape, make them fight. I knew that Charles, with striking, was going to be a problem on the feet. But once it hit the ground, Islam was going to slow the pace down and really make him work out of that position. Let, let's take a look at this and be honest about the whole thing as we're looking at it. You have to give so much credit to Islam for putting up with a lot of pressure because he was under a ton of pressure. Yes, he was the home, home favorite, but the amount of pressure that was on him, and it wasn't just the crowd. It is the pressure of Habib but it's really the pressure of Abdulmana because it meant so much to him to make that man's dreams come to fruition, and that's what he did. And he was under a, an incredible amount of pressure in the fight, but he handled it really well, and you could see it throughout parts of the fight. Like, he came out, he started off well, he landed that left hand, he looked really dominant as far as pressure in the top position. That pressure, he was stopping a lot of what Charles was trying to do. And you saw Charles just start to take and accept the guard and not worry about really looking for the submission, just trying to let time go by with it. The second round said a lot to me because there was a moment when Charles was starting to starting to get into a groove. And you could see Islam actually back off of it, reset, come out, do his thing, and you go... That's what you're looking for when you're looking at a guy as far as fight IQ, fight maturity. He's got it. You can see it. And, you know, the whole thing that you're talking about, people need to understand. Look, Khabib took over as the coach because of his father passing. And you're right. He's going to have to come up with his own stable. But he took it upon himself as these are my dad's guys, and I need to walk them through their careers like my dad was going to do. And that's why he's doing what he's doing. And, and look, hey, we've seen him how many times in that corner. I can't think of many times that he hasn't walked away with that win as far as yeah. his guy getting the win. So he's obviously doing the right thing. He's spending the time. You know, I don't, I don't know how the guy is still married because it's a different world as far as the way they do things because he's never home. And uh, you just got to give it up to Islam Makachev. We knew that how good he was. You you had talked to me forever about John. You know when you roll with him, you know you, he's got a different feel. It is just not something that you get from other guys. And, and you know, coming from you, I knew. I said, well, we're going to see what happens. But he looked fantastic. It's not that Charles didn't come out ready to fight. He had good eyes. First time I think he's ever fought. You know, after having the LASIK surgery, so he could actually see his opponent clearly. That would be a nice thing. Didn't make a difference. Thought it might, could have been that little thing, seeing things a little clearer. Islam won on the feet. He won in the wrestling. He won in the submission game. That's why he's the lightweight champion. And I love the fact, I love what Habib set him up with that. We wanted to take the fight to Australia and all that stuff. Because that's, that's what the UFC has already talked about. So it's not like this was something that was a surprise. But they're following that game plan. They're following the blueprint of what the UFC wants to do. I thought bringing you know Alexander Volkanovsky up there is great. He said the right thing. You're going to put your title, that lightweight title, on the line. I'll put my pound for pound on the line. They're already selling. 
it's a great fight. I would love to see it. And, you know, whether it happens in Australia or somewhere else, I don't care. That's a great fight as it's coming up. And if that's his first uh, defense, it's a hell of an opponent to go against. That's not a great fight. He's going to get smashed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry. I I would say that that's going to be a hard fight for Volkanovski. Wrestling-wise, he usually out-wrestles people. He's not going to out-wrestle Islam. He's not going to out-wrestle him. He'll hit him with the speed, so the hands might be a problem in the beginning. Yes, But as soon as Islam gets his hands on him, it's not going to be good for him. And we saw a little bit with the Brian Ortega. Submission-wise, he lacks. He lacks in the, the defense for the submissions from the triangle to the guillotine. To other options that I will let you put... as this fight comes about I'll take the seat of Volkanovsky once again uh, I'll let you talk about uh, your guy uh, but... <laughs> uh, uh, uh. Uh, it's not my fault man I've been training with winners for a long time oh there it is you, with you don't for hold a on long time. you don't want me to start bringing up some of the uh, names from AKA do you uh, it's all right it's there's, all right. A, there's, a, there's a lot that went in this all. direction there's some that yeah. went in this direction too. it's true this is very true my friend this is that's everywhere i mean but look john the fight itself like i have to go back to what you said there was no matter what people think there was a lot of pressure on him oh my god there's a lot of pressure on him for to deliver he did his full camp there and i had talked about this last week i said he was fully committed from i think june end of june into july he was stationed there he didn't leave he stayed there for his full camp uh, Javier, Habib, they came out to the Seattle um, Bellator event yep. for some of the guys that were fighting on that Uzma. car. They flew, str- they flew straight from there to Dubai for Islam. They were there every step of the way. He was, he made sure Habib and his his camp and Javier, they made sure that he had everything he needed at every step of the way. Well, I think you know one of the they, things that you can actually camp. take a look at. You know, I, we'll we'll talk about Bilal Muhammad and his fight, but when he was talking. After his fight, he said, he goes, hey, I've never worked so hard in my life. I got with yeah. these guys, and, I mean, I, I was out there dying, but it's been the greatest thing that could have ever happened to me. Well, it's just showing you. They have an attitude. They have a system. They have a way of doing things, and it's something that you've uh, you've already experienced and you know about. Yeah. So, look, it works, obviously, because these guys just keep winning. Well, the the standout's gotten better, the confidence is rising, and and I want to I want to point this out, the fact that he hadn't fought anybody because people didn't want to fight him. Let's not forget. No, that. No, that's true. It wasn't that he didn't want to fight that. guys in the top five. We we've known this for the longest. He time. called people out didn't everybody. Fight him. He called people out. Everybody. Didn't want to fight him. So the fact that he got in there, it was a huge spotlight for him. But he also didn't need to fill the nerves of. I'm doing this again. I'm fighting another top level guy. Like it's there's there's something to be said. Like every time you fight a top level guy, I've noticed that fighters start to kind of play it a little bit safe because they'll still be there. He didn't have that. He fought composed when he rocked him with the with the with the shot with the straight left in the first round. Yeah. And you said, oh, he didn't rush in. Yeah, he didn't rush in. He fought composed. He yep. fought relaxed. But then when he dropped him, he jumped in and got right after him. He understood what was at stake. That's understanding that he didn't need to like lay back. He didn't need to relax. There's a difference between fighters that fight like Dariush, who just never stop coming forward yep. and take chances, risk after risk. And guys, they understand that when they rock them and they sit them down and, and they're able to jump on top of them and finish him, or they end up blowing their wad and, and then end up getting tired and then losing the fight. 
Islam had never really had to experience that because the top level guys didn't want to fight him. And over years of fighting top level guys, you learn that they're going to still be there if I hit him with my best shot. They're still going to be there. So they sometimes fight safe. Islam didn't have to fight safe. He fought very composed, but he fought, he fought to where he fought to the level in which I know he possesses. And it was great to see because I've seen him in the, I've seen him in the room do it. I know I'm talking about practice. I get it. People were commenting in the comment section talking to me about practice. But you have to understand, the feel is different. Luke Rockhold did an interview with the Schmo, and the Schmo and I, we you know we love the Schmo, you know, and uh, the Schmo is a, he does he does great work. I love his interviews. I love what he does. But Luke Rockhold did an interview with him. He's like, look, he was one of my main training partners, you know, for a couple of my fights. He's like, I'm 155 pounder. Here I am, 185 pounder, and he's like, and I have a hard time getting off the bottom. I have a hard time you know, standing with him at moments and times and I have a hard time getting off the fence with him. That lets you know that a guy at 155, when he's fully hydrated, when Islam's fully hydrated and ready to go, he's going to be a bitch to deal with for the rest of everybody in that division. I mean, if I look at that division now, do I think Dustin Poirier has a chance? Absolutely. Do I think Michael Chandler has a chance? Yes. Do I think, you know, Justin Gaethje has a chance? They all have chances. They all have a <clears throat> puncher's chance. Puncher's chance. Outside of that, no one's chance. They don't have a chance. Proof. The guy who had the biggest, the guy who had the biggest chance was Charles Oliveira. Yeah, I believe that's so. it. The submission threat to me concerned me a little bit because I knew that Islam was going to try to chase the submissions, and I was afraid that if he didn't get it, would he get reversed, put on bottom, and maybe the submission attempt went, went the reverse way. And I've always said this is that Charles Oliveira uh, with Habib, Habib, like that scared me a little bit too because Habib, he's so dominant, controlling his position. But he sometimes will give, he, he understands where he can get away with things with the Dustin thing. He rolled to his back, then came back up on top. Really, you know, he, he fought it that way. It's very rare you see them jeopardize their position over submission for them. Like they, they'll fight the submission first mm -hmm. and make sure they keep their position before they go chasing submissions. And Islam Makachev is someone who is just, he understands the game overall he understands what he needed to do to be successful and he let he literally showed what he had tonight the fighters don't want to fight like fighters will continue to probably now he's a champion no one's gonna everyone's gonna want to fight him but now they because will. they have to because he's got the title and so he's not gonna have yeah. to no one's gonna be running from him now but they're gonna be, be running what that you cage wish when he gets when they get in there they'll be running. Be careful what cage. you wish for yeah <laughs> that's what it comes down to yeah i it's a different type. It's a different type of strength. It's a different type of foot sweeps, uh, hip tosses. It's just different. I can't explain it. I've, I've been through it. Uh, Rockhold's been through it. <clears throat> We've all experienced it in terms of in that in that AKA room. Um, I it couldn't happen to a better person. He's soft spoken. He he's um. I sent him a text this week. He sent me back and just said, you know, I appreciate the love and the support and all this other stuff. So I had to. I have to just. You got to be there with them and. Man, John, I was fucking nervous. <laughs> I was nervous. I was so I nervous, I, I texted Josh just before the fight. I said, man, how you doing? He goes, I'm so nervous. <laughs> I'm so nervous. That's it's horrible. Right. It's okay. Uh, but was was the, fight, was the fight what you expected? Yeah, it actually was. It was exactly what I thought it was going to be. It was going to be a matter of how well did Charles Oliveira do on the feet against Makachev to put him in bad positions if he could, or was it that Makachev's stand-up was, you know, up to up to snuff with Charles to where he got to that body lock, and he got to the body lock multiple times. Uh, yeah. Always caused a problem for 
you know, Charles and that, because he was, you know, obviously he had said, we are going to go to the ground. He wasn't afraid of going to the ground with Charles, and he showed why. You know, look at great base and great positioning stops every submission there is. You know that. There's no way of getting the submission unless the person makes the, gives you that space or that angle that you need to make that submission happen. He doesn't give it. And then when you don't give it, it's very difficult for you to make that if the guy is, you know, stopping what you're doing. So I thought that as, as long as Islam was able to stay even or close to even on the feet, he was going to have the chance of uh, getting the win against Charles. I thought Charles had to do very well on the feet to cause Islam to do the things that he normally doesn't do, shoot from the outside, do those things because now he's struggling in the fight. He never struggled at all. It was... It was a workmanlike performance. It was what it's what you expect out of guys that are, are the best, and he's the best right now. Can we put this, his stand-up is garbage, or he's got a weak chin to rest now? Can we no. put that shit to rest? Come on. Is it over? Yes. Come on. As far as anybody, and it's like, it's, I, okay, I, I know it's a weird way of looking at it. It's this whole slap fight thing. And you're watching these people in this slap fight thing. It's like, hey. You just put your hand in the right spot. You're going to knock that person out. Nobody is punch proof. Obviously, there are people that can take a better shot than other people. There's there are some, you know, genetics behind it, and there is what you condition you. You know, the strength of your neck. All of those things can help create the situation that the the shot that would knock somebody else out doesn't put you away. But nobody is punch proof. If you land the shot in the right place. People are going down or they're going out, and it's not something that they can help. What they can help is not being hit like that. <laughs> but yeah. you're going to get hit. This is, you know, the fight game, you know, it's the one thing that we, we tell everyone, hey, you're going to get hit. Get get comfortable with the fact it's going to happen. It's going to happen a lot. You just don't want to be hit with that shot that puts you away. And look, he got hit the one time when he fought, you know, Adriano Martins. That fight's in the past. You know, this is why when people sit there and they oh, he's got a loss. Dude, do you realize how many ways there are to lose in MMA? I mean, it's so much more difficult to go through a career. And this is what made Khabib unbelievable that he went 29 and 0. It's what we look at Yaroslav Amazov at 26 and 0 right now. The fact that he has that many wins without a loss. Yeah is amazing because there's so many all it takes is you for to make one mistake that your opponent takes advantage of you're done so no he doesn't have a weak chin he's got solid stand-up it's not his strength but it's definitely not a weakness and we've seen fighters that that are good fighters that have a great one area they have a great stand-up game but their weakness is the ground it's a weakness, and when they get to the ground, they're kind of like a turtle on their back. He doesn't have that. He is phenomenal gotta, when it comes to his wrestling and his submissions, and his stand-up is solid. Yeah, I'm going to have to dip in to see, like, since his loss, uh, the one loss that he has on his record, It, how many rounds has he, lost? has he lost? I could pretty much say probably none. I don't think he's lost any. Maybe to Saryukin, he maybe lost one, but I doubt it. I think he dominated that fight. Sure, there were some yeah, big scrambles was a, in that fight. It was a good fight. 
it was, was a good close, fight, but I, had, I think he yeah I think he won thirty twenty seven. Each round was close, but I think he won thirty twenty seven, yeah. and he had staff that way. He had he had, he had like a uh, he was sick either sick or he had staff that way. I think he was sick. He was on, he was on antibiotics that week, so that wasn't definitely Dave. One look of his it best up performances, and still came away with a good win. Um. I just oh, I want to lay all this go to, to rest, MMA man. Oh, he doesn't deserve a title decision. shot. He doesn't earn MMA. He doesn't deserve a, a, a title shot. He hasn't beat anybody that? in the top ten. Oh come on! Just I, I, I read. The I comments, said he didn't man. fight. He He's, hasn't fought anybody that's you know that name fighter like Charles, and he hadn't. Now he has. He hadn't. And he looked fantastic. <laughs> well, he skipped all the ones that had names and went right to the number one there name. You and, there you go. <laughs> and you know and. When people looked at when people were commenting to me that just, oh, he's going to get submitted. Like, Charles is the best submission guy in the game. And I just was continuing to say, like, it just isn't the same, John. Like, the it's not it's not so much the submission skill, okay, in the terms of the transition. It's with Charles, he'll catch you in with the guillotine. He'll ch- catch you with the triangle, all of those things. With Islam, it's about getting to a position, knowing where you're Forcing dangerous. It. When I said when I said it, yeah, for forcing you in the direction which I know you're, there is no danger. Yeah. What was the score? Thirty twenty seven. One oh, one judge who is a, I, I can he always gives me the bad scores. <laughs> one judge had it for <laughs> one round for Saruki, and the other two gave it thirty twenty seven for Makisha. Yeah, and he was sick that day, so I mean he was sick and he had he was on antibiotics. I just look at how Islam and the same thing with Habib is they force you into the position top top level jitsu guys they force you into that position in which they want you to go, which means that you have no they already know steps two three and four and when I push you that way I already know where I'm attacking you here if you do this attacking you here if you do this take a look at how Gordon Ryan is on the ground yep. he knows already two and three steps ahead against the top the top level jujitsu players in the world the best. He already knows two and three steps ahead. You want to know why? Because he's just spent countless times figuring out when they go here, I go here. When they go here, I go here. He has spent that time on the mat, just not going hard, just drilling it over and over. When I talked to Hoffa and Guillermo Mendez, I asked him, how are you guys so good in these type of situations? They're like, all we do is drill. We don't train super hard. Don't get me wrong. They're like, we go hard all the time. They're like, but it's not, it's not like we got to do 10 rounds every day. We gotta do five rounds every day. No, we drill at a pace consistent with a fight pace or like a, a competition pace, and we drill that way. When that person goes there, that person goes there. Islam Makachev and a lot of the da- they they changed my outlook on how I did my training as I got older because they don't go fast, they don't go hard, like really heavy or hard. They just work through the motions of it all, so it becomes second nature. If you watch uh, Floyd Mayweather when he's in his his fight camps, a lot of what he does is not hard and fast. I'm sure there's moments that we don't get on film where it's hard and fast. Sure, but if you watch him do the sit up, sit up drills, punch, punch, sit up drills, you see him do the mitts. It's all flow drills. It's repetition. It's over and over and over. It's about cleaning up your technique, staying loyal to your defense, all of those things. Floyd Mayweather he did a lot of stuff that was super slow, just but but but. <sighs> Just like little stuff. It was muscle repetition. Yeah. It was muscle repetition, building the muscle endurance, getting the cardio up. That's a lot of what they do. They have nothing else to do. They, they've made it very clear in that, in their camps and how they train. 
I go home, they wake up, they eat, they sleep, they train, they eat, they sleep, they train. It's the same thing over and over. They're not going to the nightclubs like, like well, they got a, they got a couple <laughs> other things in there. They eat, they sleep, they yeah, train, they, they eat, they play f- tackle basketball, they train. Yeah, tackle <laughs> soccer. They play <laughs> soccer. But it's, uh, I mean, I'm honestly, it's something to admire. Um, I mean, it's something to admire because when you have a close group of friends that you can play soccer with, close group of friends you can play football with, as as Americans, we've gotten away from and from things like that. It's very rare to you see a group of, whether it's men or women, get together and say, hey, let's go play soccer together in a group. And it's very rare you see that out these days, especially especially here in California. It's very rare you see people out there in groups playing together or playing soccer together, playing basketball together. It's it's just not common anymore. Yeah. And so they still have that. And I think that's what makes them close. That's what makes them uh, stay on track. Anyways, they're, they're great family. performance. They, they act like family. Yes. Yeah. yeah, they do act like family. So. You know, and don't get me wrong. Families still have bitters. They they still they still oh, get yeah. after each other every oh, once yeah. in a while. I've seen some arguments. They get after it, but but you ever seen? Have you ever seen a two like two brothers or two twin brothers arguing, and someone tries to step in, and that yeah. that other person that steps in gets their They're ass in trouble. kicked? Yeah, yeah. Just leave just leave <laughs> them alone. <laughs> leave them alone. <laughs> oh, the two brothers are fighting again. Yeah, just stay away from them. Yeah, just, no, no, let me. They should do not stop. No, no, the stay referee. away from them. Don't stay be the referee. Bad yeah, idea. Stay away from them. Yeah. All right, let's talk uh, about overall, Al- good fight. Aljamain Sterling goes in there, takes on TJ Dillashaw. TJ's shoulder pops out of place. He said that he talked to the referee, Mark Goddard, about it in the back. He knew it was going to happen. You know, I'm being honest. I look at this whole thing, and, and, and I understand TJ trying to stay with the fight. But yeah. if you're the UFC, you're not too happy. No. You're, not too, you're not too happy. You got, you got an athlete that knew he had a problem. And instead of pulling out of the fight and letting somebody else be put in there that would have, you know, possibly had a better fight, and and I'm not, I'm taking nothing away from TJ, but you can't take anything away from Aljamain. Aljo did nothing wrong; he did his job. But do you look at it? If you're the UFC, are you happy with TJ Dillashaw right now? I mean, it depends. Did he let me know? Did he know. tell me like, "Hey, my shoulders, you know, been slipping out and popping out, but you know what? I'm gonna give this a go." And if you're the UFC, they still got the pay per view buys off of it, so yeah. I mean, sure, they're upset that maybe they're upset maybe that the, the fight didn't turn out the way they wanted. That the fight didn't go; the, it wasn't as exciting, as or maybe it wasn't exactly. as back and forth as it could have been. Yeah. But at the end of the day, they have their deal with ESPN is rock solid. Oh, and they're yeah. extremely, you know, I'm sure this pay per view. I would say this pay per view did over a million. I think it did. Uh, I mean that's 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 no. a lot considering the 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 time frame that we're in with pay per view buys these yep. days. But I think I it was think a big it did one. over a million. It was a stack card. It was a big one. The prelims were good. Um, yeah. So who knows, man? Who knows? When you're Aljamain Sterling, I, you know, you, I, you look at this one, and, and I gotta say, hey, you went out. He did his job. He looked. He was in f- phenomenal condition. You could see it. You know, he looked great, and. uh it's one of the, you hear his corner, you know, no mercy. And I'm like, no, when you, when you step in that cage, there is no mercy. And, you know, and you're watching TJ struggle. And it was once he realized you know, that, oh, he's got a bad shoulder. And it, it really comes down to this. Although TJ had talked to Mark Goddard in the back and then you saw the arm pop out. Okay. That's one. He goes, he goes back to the corner. They pop it back in. He has the doctor look at it. 
He comes back out. He doesn't use the arm once. Not once. Doesn't throw anything with it. And he goes back down and he, oh, it's popped again. That's the end of the fight. It's over. Yeah. Don't let him take that abuse. I know what Mark yeah. was doing and he told him, hey, I'll let you go as, as you know, as, as far as I can. I'll let you try to get out of those. When a guy can't get himself up because he can't post an arm, fight's over. You know, he's fighting too good. He's fighting the best guy out there in that weight class. He's fighting too good of an individual who can hurt him too badly, too quickly to let him go off, and, you know, any more in that yeah. fight. I think that Aljo did exactly what he was supposed to do. He did. We talked to it, we talked to the midweek show. I said he needs to press the action, get right in his face, and threaten those takedowns right away. Yep. That's exactly what he did. And when he got to that top position, I think whether TJ's arm was good or not, his hip control, his pressure in the when he grapevine and got to that position, just seemed like T, even if TJ had both arms, you still got to hit your hips free. He had just nowhere to go, and it was it was a dominant performance by Aljo. And I mean. And, you know, he he showed why he's the champion right now. And I heard TJ had said some stuff, you know, against Aljo, basically saying like, ah, you get tired as the fight goes on. Well, his last fight, he didn't get tired. No. And in this fight, he, he looked got, fantastic. He got, and I know the he got tired in that first Peter Yan fight because he went balls to the, to the wall yeah. early. He was all over the place. And that's part of, that was his first title fight. And you, sometimes you, you, you get that adrenaline dump. But when he came back in the second fight, never had any problem at all with the fourth and fifth round. So you're looking and going, eh, I, w I wouldn't count on him getting tired in those rounds. Yeah, I, never I, if I'm him. moving, if I'm fighting him next, or even uh, maybe after that, whatever it is, I'm not counting on his conditioning being a factor. No. He's going to be good. He's going to be his conditioning will be on point. He's shaping up to he's getting better on the stand-up he's really gaining his confidence on his takedowns his transitions to the back and side control and guard half guard positioning he's he's becoming a really really good fighter not that he never wasn't before not no. that he wasn't before it's just now consistently having to prove it is gonna really let everyone know how good he is He's a fantastic fighter. Oh, yes. I've always thought he's, I've always thought, just so we're clear, I've always thought he was a fantastic fighter. Okay. That I never thought he, I never thought that he wasn't. He's always been a great fighter. He's always been really we good. Said that. We said dynamic. that before the fight. We've said that before. I know he's mad at us or me specifically about some stuff, but mine was specifically about something else, not about his technique and his ability to be a true fighter. He's, he's a, he's a really good fighter. Yeah. Um, great job by him. You know, uh, I, I hope to see that. Hopefully we'll see that TJ get back. We'll see that fight again, but uh, we'll see. There's so many other guys that are coming up. I mean, Sean O'Malley is supposed to be next. We'll see. Mm, that's not a good idea. I guess we will see. That's not a good idea. All right, next fight. Let's Go talk ahead, about John. Sean O'Malley. Sean O'Malley against Peter Yan. This thing went off. What was it that you thought made it to where Sean O'Malley deserved the win? Um. Uh, I, I, I didn't say that. By the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well. Look, I think... I, I don't know what they were saying. I, 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 I only think I can go... only thing I can go based off of is that they mixed up the cards. And John, <laughs> you... John, we've been, we've, been, we've been part of this game for a long time. Yeah, I've seen it. I know three occasions. I've seen it. 
I've known three occasions where it's been messed up and they, they behind the scenes have said, we've got the wrong, we wrote the wrong name on the cards. And they obviously is the commission doesn't go back cause they don't want to feel like they're idiots. They don't go back and fix it. And I've been in the commission meetings and they are the most proud son of a bitches in the world. They just will just, they'll ride it all the way out and just fuck up people's careers that way. Yeah. And, um, <clears throat> in this situation, Sean O'Malley didn't deserve the win. I'm going to say that, but, but he I thought, great. but I thought, honestly, I thought Peter Yawn was going to walk through him. And I know I had Sean O'Malley potentially getting the win when it came to our midweek show. I said, I could see him sticking a move and getting the win, but I thought, I thought he fucking fought his ass off. And John, what did I text you? One of the texts I sent you, I said, he ain't no bitch. No, I said, did. this guy, this guy came to fucking fight. Yep. Sean O'Malley came to fight. Sean O'Malley is a dog. He is someone that round. he was in there. He was in there the whole time. Just letting, letting Peter Yawn know, you're not going to bully me around. You're not going to hit me with big shots and think I'm going to be afraid of you. You're not going to crack me with this and hit me with kick my leg. And I think I'm scared of your leg kicks. No, I'm coming after you. I'm not afraid of your takedowns. I'm not afraid of this. Sean O'Malley showed me a ton in this fight. I, I've been a Sean O'Malley fan, but I mean, if it rose my level to him, this really did raise my level on how much I love watching him fight. This really, honestly, John, he lost no ground. If anything, he went from being ranked. I don't even know where he's ranked. Can, Dave, can you pull that up? Wherever he's ranked, I think he was 12. Where was he ranked? 11. He 11. 11. So he was ranked 11. John was number one. It's, it's sad because they, they're not going to bump him up probably at all, but they should. Cause if I, can you make that bigger, Dave? He's probably better than Pedro. He's, pr I think he's well, probably he better beating, than Dom right now. He was right beating now. Pedro. Let's be honest. He was beating yeah. Pedro. Ended up being a probably, no contest. He's probably better than Dom right now. Not the Dom of the you know of the yeah. past, but the Dom now. He's probably better than Dom now. Uh, I'd love to see him and Marlon Vera get after it again against Chito. Him and Chito do it again, but then that's not fair to Chito because Chito beat him legitly. Yep. So I could see that you know hey, but let's be honest. How about him and Corey Sanhagen? I would love to see that. <sighs> He showed me fight. a lot. He showed oh, yeah. me a lot tonight. He showed me that he's he's got it. He's not the guy that's on TikTok fucking just blowing sunshine up everyone's ass. He's the guy that really is a fighter. Oh, he's wow. a true fighter. I think there was a lot of questions answered tonight, John. There's been a that that I think I myself had questions, but I'm sure there's other fight there's other fighters, other fans had questions. Is he just the guy with the with the pink hair and the cornrows and the you know and the, all the tattoos looking the part? No. No, no, oh, he's he a fucking fight. fighter. He, he can, can fight. fight. Yeah, he's a fighter. He's there's no quitting him. He's a dog. He's he he'll take all all challenges once you pay him, which he's brilliant at. By the way, I'm not. I can't say anything bad about him. I can't nope. say one thing bad about him. The guy is doing everything right. Keep doing you, Sean. Keep nope. doing you. I got look going into the fight. I wanted Sean to win. I was rooting for Sean. I don't think he yeah. won the fight though. I'm just being honest. You know, when I was watching the fight, I had it 29-28 for Jan. And I was like, ah. But goddamn, you fought really well at times. And the one thing that I really saw, and I, and I would love to be able to talk to him about it, is he was breathing hard. Yeah. And, it, and I th it was almost like, you know, he's good. But, you know, he was jumping up so far in fight, fighting Peter Jan that it was almost like he was like, getting a little bit of an adrenaline dump mm -hmm. because, huh, you know, this this guy's, you know, I, I, and I got to stay with him. 
and he was just doing just a little too much as far as trying to, you know, keep himself, you know, good. He, he got hit some shots. He took them well. He hit Jan some. You know, that second round, I want to say, God damn, it was good because he hurt Jan on the feet, and then Jan came back and hurt him, and it, there was a lot going on with the fight, but mm -hmm. he was, it was the first time I, I really saw Sean blowing air out of his mouth. You could see him. He was he was taking gulps of air and blowing it out, and I was like, "That's not good." You know, it's not, and it's not that he's not in shape. I know he's in shape, so yeah. I know that it's emotion, it's adrenaline, it's all those things that are part of what's going on right now with him. And that's, that's the just, person in front of you, fucking well, making you nervous. Absolutely. That's what it is, John. And, 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 <laughs> and that's part of, you know, growing as a fighter and stepping up into those, you know, you've got to learn how to deal with that pressure and how to deal with relaxing yourself down. And it just comes with time. He's a young fighter. You know, I, I watched him when he, you know, I was there when he came out in the Dana White's first year of the Dana White series and I watched him fight. I said, this kid can fight, man. This kid's good. Yeah. And I've enjoyed him ever since. I would like to see that fight again. I would love to see those guys fight again. I thought I had I had uh I had Sean win in the third round with the knee. I thought the knee hurt Jan. It cut him good. It was the best blow of the round. Jan got the takedown and stuff, but I thought Sean had done enough to win that third round. But I wasn't I didn't think he'd won the first second. I thought he had to come out and do a lot more in the third to get the win. But judges gave it to him. So good job for you, Sean O'Malley. Congratulations. Moving on. I don't think he's ready for Aljamain Sterling yet, though. I don't think that's a smart fight for him to take no. at this time. But if, you, if you're if you Dana White, what do you do? If I'm Dana White, I make you, the fight. Dana White came out and said. <laughs> I make the Dana fight. Dana White came out and said he's fighting. If I'm Dana so White, I make the fight. fight. I do. I'm not saying I do. But if I'm Sean, I want another fight first. And I want it against someone that I think is someone that can push me a little bit but i can yeah. really have those moments again and there's some guys up there that we'll see where he ends up in the rankings i you know like i said I, he, he's not going to go to number one the real question is how far is peter young going to fall from it well my question is do you have marab who is sterling's exactly. friend fight peter yawn next and then so you have marab fight peter yawn and then you have do you have marab fight peter yawn or do you have marab fight sean o'malley no, I have Marab fight Peter Yawn, and then I have Sean O'Malley fight Corey, Corey Sanhagen. Because if anyone deserves a title shot, it's Corey Sanhagen. I would love to see that Corey Sanhagen. Just the style-wise, that would be a great yeah. fight. So you put him and Sean together for yeah. a fun fight. You put Marab versus Peter together because Marab is mainly wrestling base. Yeah. You watch him try to push on the pressure and put on the pace. I think you also make that a main event. Oh, yeah. And you make that a main event, so you get five rounds of them getting after it. Marab doesn't get tired. Peter will tend to slow down on that fourth and fifth, but he's still very explosive and very good at what he does. Yeah. So he's still dangerous in that fourth and fifth. So I'd like to see that fight. Plus, there's a little story there. Oh, there's a lot the of Peter story. Peter Yawn with Marab. You know? And then you're going to say that um, Sean O'Malley is going to jump up quite a bit, but if, if Corey beats Sean pretty convincingly, that puts him in number one spot to fight Sterling. And then you have Marab, which is, which is a rematch. That be it's be a rematch you'd want to see. Yeah, yeah, but because Marab's already said I'm not fighting Sterling. Well, yeah. how long are you gonna wait? How long are you gonna wait until your boy loses the title? That's uh, the other thing. Look, I I appreciate the fact of the relationship that Marab and Aljo have and the way they look at each other. They've said we're not gonna fight. I I don't think that Aljo is gonna be able to stay. Just looking at the size of him compared to TJ. 
Mm-hmm. He looked way bigger than TJ. Just as they yeah, were standing there. Huh? He looked enormous. Fucking unbelievable. And it, you know, to make that 135, look, he's he's never missed weight, so I'm never going to ever no. say anything. But that's, you know, it might be there comes that time when he decides, yeah, I'm going to make that leap up to featherweight. And that would be Marab's time. But, you know, they know what they're doing. I, I appreciate the fact that those are guys that they respect each other and say, nope, that's something that will not happen, and that's okay with me. Mm. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, I, I like the way that we broke it out, though. If you have Marab versus Peter, and then you've got um, Sanhagen versus Sean O'Malley, and then you just kind of leave Cheetos in the mix there somewhere. I don't know where. Maybe you have Cheeto next in line for the title shot, just to be honest. If yeah. Sterling's ready to turn around right away. Absolutely. Because Sterling didn't take any damage. So no. you have you have Cheeto and him right away in that fight. Yep. That'd be a great fight. That would be. Yep. Look at that. All right, next fight. We're doing it for the matchmakers again. <laughs> nah. Ah, we had Benil Darius Dave, you against. Keep, you... What's that? D- Dave keeps keeps going to the Dana White thing. What's that? Sorry, I was um I know I was pausing my screen, but um I was just I was trying to catch uh, any subtitles on our closed captions on the. Okay post-fight presser just to see if there's anything that's worth talking okay. about um he said right. tj never told him about the injury so just fyi he's yeah that's, that's so kind of what i see if i'm dana think. white i'm a little upset about yeah, that absolutely. like john was saying i'm a little yeah. upset if you told me and i was still willing that's to go different. ahead with it totally then that's different. on me that's right ah uh, yeah, yeah 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 all right next fight all right benil darius versus mateus gamrot man <laughs> if you're benil darius you're sitting there saying, what more do you want from me? Because this guy has fought everybody that they've put in front of him. He is on, what, a, now an eight-fight win streak. That was a great performance. Mm-hmm. He lost the first round, came out second round. Well, one judge had him losing. I think two judges had him winning all the rounds. But he definitely took the second and third round. He made a good mm-hmm. fighter in the end look average. It's not that Mateus mm-hmm. is you know a bad fighter. The one thing that was driving me crazy in the first round is, Benil, don't freaking just openly throw kicks to the body against a guy that's a wrestler that wants to take you down. Hide it behind your hands or put the goddamn kick up high or low, but don't put it you know in that mid-range. And he put it in the mid-range several times. I'm like, what are you doing, right? But I love, I love Benil. I've known him for a long time. And, man, he put on a great performance. He showed that he is a dog. He's a dog, dude. People do not give this guy enough credit. John, when when guys are used to throwing the kicks to the body and the flexibility in which he has, I was very surprised. He's so flexible enough to get his legs hiked up and was able to kick out. He limp-legged out a bunch of times. Mm -hmm. I think he felt comfortable in those positions. Earlier when he wasn't sweaty, it wasn't as effective. But in that second and third round, he was able to get away with it a couple times. But why fight that hard? Why put yourself in a position to have to fight that hard to get your leg back? I don't understand that. I get what you're saying. Yeah. Um, it's, I agree. Stop kicking to the body, especially early when you're still dry. But as he got sweatier, it became harder and harder for Gamrot to actually get to the takedown yeah. or keep the leg or keep the leg control. Great job by uh, Dariush. If you guys would have, if you guys would have followed us at mybookie.ag, use our promo code weighing in, you guys would have saw last week we said, if I'm going to bet on someone, because Darius was the underdog. Oh, big time. In this fight. Big time. And so I would, I would have bet on Darius. Yep. And even, uh, Sean O'Malley was the underdog. If you guys would have played our, our options, you would end up winning. And if you would have actually taken my advice, not John's, you would have, you would have picked Islam by submission. <laughs> you would have made a lot of money. 
you would have made a lot of money. So, um, Josh, Mr. Thompson, Bad Take Thompsons, we're here, man. We're here giving you guys some great advice. So keep listening up. This fight was, it was a great fight. I expected this fight, and a lot of people gave me a hard time about the Bilal Muhammad and Sean Brady fights, and it's going to be a snooze fest. Two guys just want to fucking hump each other. This fight was fucking great. But the, the Darius fight, he's that guy. What else does he have to do? John, the only thing he's got to do though, he's got to beat, he's got to beat a, a Michael Chandler or he's got to beat a uh, Dustin Poirier or Justin Gaethje. But they're he's not giving beat him one to of him. those three guys. Either. I know. This is a guy, I, look, I, I've been eight fight win streak there. and he keeps dropping in I've the ranks. There. I've been there. My God, he's, he's ranked what, n number six now? He was at three. Yeah. Now he's six and he's only winning. No, no I, I've been there, I man. I feel for the man. I've, I've been in these. I've been in these conversations with the UFC, like when I came over from Strike Force. I want it was before Pettis was champion. I'll take Pettis. No, 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 we don't want you to give Pettis. Okay, I'll take Cowboy. No, no, not Cowboy. Then Nate loses to Benson for the title. And, okay, we'll give you Nate. I'm like, fuck. All right, I'll take Nate. You know, like it's you want to fight the guys that that motivate you, the ones that. To me, it was Pettis and it was Cowboy because everyone had told me for all these years that they would fucking knock me out and beat me up, and I, and that was me with Darius. He'll fucking fight anybody. He anybody. don't care. Nope. But these other guys, like like Islam, ran into that problem where certain guys don't want to fight you because there's you can't figure you out. You don't have a standard style. Darius does not have a standard style. No, he, he does got not. taken down. He rolled through for the knee bar three or four times. It's like, what are you doing? And they walked. Nice. And I'm like, exactly. do what you're doing. I was like, yeah. do what you're doing. <laughs> I was like, holy shit. He made it work. He was so good at he was so good at that technique. I was he like, was, "What are you doing?" Oh shit, he's doing it. He created chaos. It, it was great. Yeah. yeah, and that's and that's what he does, though, John. He yeah. does that better than almost any other fighter that I've ever seen fight. That chaotic scramble and movement and everything he did is like he's he's a hundred percent okay with hitting a Granby roll. Doesn't work. Okay, let me just throw my leg over your body and scissor over you. And it was like, what the hell are you doing? <laughs> But it worked to his advantage. It, it got him to an advantageous position to where I had to spell that out in my head as I said it. Um, <laughs> got him to that. It got him to those positions where he felt comfortable enough to start defending the wrist control, the hands, you know, getting his elbows inside. Yeah. He, he fought his ass off and it's hard. I'm going to be honest. It's very hard to be ranked where he's ranked and then fight someone like Gamrot, who you know is a tough, tough fighter and understand that you lost the first round. He had to have known that it was a close round, but he probably lost it. Going back to the corner, going, shit, everything I've been working for is fucking slipping away. Fuck. I, people don't take that into consideration enough. You're sitting in your corner. I'm finding a guy who's ranked like lower than me, you know, nope. higher, whatever it is, you know. And here I am Six now down 01. Yeah, here I am now ranked. And here I am now down one round. I have two rounds left to win this fucking fight. He's just thinking his whole career is done. He, that's all he's thinking. Probably thinking like, I need to win this next round. If I don't win this next round, this shit's over. It's over. Yep. And that that's a mindset that not a lot of fighters have. Darius, man, you are an animal. What yep. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta give you love. I gotta give you respect. That's that's one of the toughest tasks to do. To get up off that stool and say I lost the first round to a guy who I know is ranked you know, number eight or whatever it is, and I'm ranked lower than him, I'm ranked higher than him, I'm better than him, but I just lost the first round. I only got two more rounds to get this back, and he went out there and did it. He That's a lot it. mentally he, for him to do. Look, he did and, it and impressively. He looked good.
Yeah, he looked really good. So big yep. win, big win for him. Chikagian goes against Manu Faro. It was a good fight. It almost got to the point where it seemed to me it was, I hate to say this, but it was like a karate match. You're, you're playing tag. It was, there was a couple of shots was, in there. But I was the, a sparring match. Yeah, sparring match. Yeah. Perfect analogy of it, it. It was like a sparring match. It was like yeah. two friends just tut, yeah. tut, tut, tut. Yeah. yeah. No one seemed to really get I, after I got it up. with it. No. No, it was almost like they were like, you go, I go, you go, I go. Yeah. And then, oh, yours didn't hit me. Yours didn't hurt me. Uh, it was, John, I got to be honest, man. I got up uh, halfway through the second round. I went and got a beer. It was, it was, it was, it was twelve thirty. It was the it was eleven fifteen or whatever it was. I'm like, all right, I gotta go get something to drink, man. I was, <laughs> I was like this. I was like, I wanted to see more because I know Chikagian is so much more dynamic. The jab wasn't having an effect. Nope. She wasn't able to hit the reach. The push kick wasn't having the same type of effect as it normally does against other fighters that she's competed against. I think people were starting to figure her out. Now I can't take anything away from Feroz. She fought a good fight. She fought very nice in terms of. She was sticking, moving, staying, always staying outside of directly in front of her. Yeah. Creating the little angles makes a big difference when you're fighting someone who has a good jab and a good push kick. If you're always creating a little angle, they're hesitant to throw it. True. Good, stuff. good win. I Not mean, good win. nice win for her. Moving on. But let's let's go to a real yeah. what fight was a really good fight. Bilal Muhammad against Sean Brady. You know, going into this, both guys have Really good grappling pedigrees, good wrestling for Bilal. Sean Brady's a stud on the ground. Super strong, good stand-up. But goddamn, Bilal Muhammad looked as good as I've ever seen him in the cage. He fought a beautiful fight. He, he, he showed what smart pressure is. He put pressure on Brady. He made Brady work. He landed good counter strikes at times. He led the dance most of the time in when that striking was going to be engaged. And when he hurt him, he went after him and didn't let him off. It was a hell of a performance by Bilal. The best, the best fight I've ever seen him have. And he's had some good ones. Like the, the whole Luke Cave fight was a great fight. This yeah. one, best performance he's ever had. Yeah, the Vicente Luque fight with me was, it was a lot of sticking and moving, almost on his back foot, kind of running. Mm -hmm. This fight, he stood his ground a little bit. He tried to become the, the hammer versus the nail. And then on top of it, he still became a little bit, he kind of stepped back and he let Sean kind of come forward a little bit, but just to open up on some counter striking. He did a great job of taking advantage of wherever the fight went. The Vicente Luque fight, Vicente Luque seemed like he just walked him down and made him fight defensively the whole time and he had success that way but in this fight he came out and put Sean Brady on his back foot I had Sean Brady maybe slightly inking out the first it was he got close the first. I think he got then, the first he just landed you think, the Sean, you think Sean got the first yeah he got the first it was but it was close they were cleaner it but was it close was, I mean it could have went either way look but it, at the end of the first I looked at it and said hey, you got to give Brady that round but Bilal is fighting a better fight right now is the way I was looking yeah. at it. And it was, as soon as you saw Brady come out and then he tried for the takedown and Bilal stuffed it quick mm -hmm. and then he went back to the stand-up and then he tried it again and he stuffed it quick and you went, eh, that's not good. And then he yeah. got hurt several times in that round and when he got hurt that second time, he definitely, you know, was in trouble. I'm not sure, you know, I'm not going to sit there and say it was a horrible stoppage. It wasn't horrible, but 
you got to let a guy go. Sometimes, you know, as the referee, you're sitting there looking at you. I don't want to, I don't want him to get hurt. This is his profession. This is his job. He didn't go down. He was, he hurt. He was definitely hurt, but you got to let him, you got to let him swim in those deep waters. And that was yeah. deep waters that he was in, but you, you got to let him go at certain times. I, I was a little bit, uh, in the end, people are yeah. going to be able to say it's a little early. Yeah, the reason why I think they're going to say it was a little bit early because as soon as the ref stopped it, Sean goes, what are you doing? Yeah. And as soon as that happens and yeah. he wasn't wobbly at all, and don't get me wrong, he was hurt. He was hurt. Some of those exchanges, no doubt he was hurt. But you've got, to, you've got to let him at least go down to one knee. You've got to let him at least get, you know, turn sideways against the fence. Yep. That didn't happen. Show that he's not so fighting. like you said, there's always going to have that early stoppage in, in, in the people's brains, yeah. in their mind. Um, also, too, he was undefeated. You just took away his O, and don't get me wrong. Maybe it would have went anyway. No, Bilal took away. To his me, o. Sean had moments in that fight. He yeah, did. Sean took away his O. No, I'm gonna say I'm, I'm gonna blame the ref. Um, <laughs> <it's easier. laughs> um, I think that Sean had some great moments. I want Sean when I when I was watching him fight John. I want him to believe in his stand up a little bit more. Yeah, he was the faster fighter. Well, and the, he was but landing, but he was, he point. was only throwing twos though. This is the Go point, ahead. Josh. And you know it when you have a guy, Sean Brady has the cleaner, more technical standup than Bilal. He does. Mm -hmm. But Bilal put a pressure on him that Brady was uncomfortable with. And he never yeah. took back that area as far as I'm the one that's going to be leading this. I'm the one that's going to decide where we, where we engage. Bilal was the guy always saying, nope, it's going to be me. And he, he made that stick, and it caused Brady to not be comfortable in the fight at times. And that was the difference, in my opinion. It's a learning experience, and it's something that he will learn from. You know, But yeah. you know that you've, you've gone, and even if it's just in sparring, you spar with someone, and you can just dominate. Then all of a sudden, you spar with another guy, and it's like... They can be both be good fighters, but one puts a different kind of pressure on you, takes different angles, yeah. and creates an entirely different problem for you that it's much more difficult for you to deal with and to be effective with. And I think that's what I saw with Bilal, you know, going against Brady tonight. He just created problems for him. Yeah, that, that constant pressure will cause problems. With Sean, though, he just got to believe a little bit more in his stand-up. He's got it. He does. He was landing clean, hard shots with that the left jab hook. in the right hand. Dude, he, was, he landed that left hook yeah, that multiple left hook times. Like, multiple times. And that beard that, and, that, that Muhammad has, <laughs> dude, it stood up, stood up <laughs> firm. Yes, it did. But I was, you know who I was listening to the most, though, in that, in that commentary was um, Paul Felder. Paul Felder. Because yeah. Paul's trained with him. He Paul was knows dying. him. Paul understood that. Paul goes, man, obviously you can hear Paul in Paul's voice. This is what he needs. He needs to, to be in a dog fight. He hasn't had, to, he hasn't had to be in one. All the guys that he has fought, he's been able to either dominate or sure it's been a close fight, but he was able to control the positioning and able to get the takedowns in this fight. He wasn't able to get close to a takedown. He didn't nope. sniff a takedown, nope. you know, and then on the feet, he was landing the cleaner, harder shots. But when somebody, when a fighter has in their mind that, I'm going to go out there and take him down, and then I don't get close to a takedown. Now the panic on the feet starts to happen. Now, I'm not saying that's what happened with Sean Brady. No. I'm just saying that outside of the two-punch combination, there wasn't a three and a four. Sean Brady's got great stand-up, and it showed tonight. He was landing clean, hard shots. But in camp, you could tell that he wasn't really prepared for the 
three, four, and five, and six punch combinations because he wasn't. They weren't coming off clean. Yeah. He wasn't throwing threes and fours. He was throwing the hard one too, but there was no follow up. And he's got it in him. We've seen. I've oh, yeah. seen him. He's got it in him. Um, and he threw it a couple times, but it wasn't in ter- in in, in there. It wasn't at the right time. And you know that fighting is all about timing and confidence, and just everything's got to be on track for it to work. Sean's got it. He's gonna work his way back. I have no doubt about that. Um, he's got all the ability. People are underestimating. People are still. I remember when I when this fight was um, when Sean Brady goes, "Hey, who, or Bilal said, who do you want me to fight next?" And I put in Sean Brady's name. And everyone's like, oh, fucking boring ass fight. I don't want to sit. That fucking fight was great. That fight was That awesome. was a great fight by yep. both guys. Yep. Bilal Muhammad looked fucking fantastic. And Sean Brady, I mean, if anything, this is a learning lesson for him. Yeah. It's a learning lesson That's that guys like Bilal are around. Yeah, it's a learning lesson for him. I want to see how he's going to come back. He's a stud, man. He's a future. I think he'll, he'll definitely make a good run for towards the title. Obviously, I can't say whether he's going to win the title or not, but I think he's going to make a good run back towards the title. Take our loss, learn from it, come back. You know, get rid of the O. That's how it goes. This is life, my friend. Life. That is it. Uh, next. Kaibor Hollow versus Mahmoud Muradov. I'll tell you, <laughs> Muradov. And uh, I, I looked at this fight Bahalo. and I thought, what's that? Barhalo. Barhalo. But I looked yeah, at this fight Bahalo, and, I, yeah. and I thought it was going to be a competitive because, I, you know, I remember... Muradov being a very good stand-up fighter, just basically boxing and stuff. And the real question was, could Borjalo get the fight to the ground, use jiu-jitsu, and keep the fight there? I really like how, uh, Borjalo. He is, he is a good fighter everywhere. It's not He's not a great stand-up fighter, but definitely proficient, definitely has his moments, definitely has his things that he does well. But he was always looking to get the fight to the ground. Man, I'll tell you what, the reversals that he pulled off by by just snatching the neck and putting Muradov into a problematic area as far as his neck was getting squeezed and he ended up thinking that he could just sit there and hold it. No, I can't. And he was consistently giving up position to release the pressure that Borjala was creating. And that was the big difference in this fight, the, his ability to... Not get the takedown the way he wanted, but being able to snatch the neck and turn the position, get a reversal on it, and do work. I thought this was a, a big win for Borjalo. He's really proving himself to be a, a really good fighter, a great addition to the middleweights. Jake Shields was never the best stand-up guy. Oh, my God. We all know that. He's <laughs> <laughs> to scare the but, hell out of me. But Jake Shields also, Jake Shields was never the best jiu-jitsu guy, but... But boy, he could His jiu was fucking, he could snatch a neck and that arm and guillotine. He could get to your back. He could mount you. He could do all those things. I had seen him countless times against top level jiu-jitsu players, black belt jiu-jitsu players. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen him against top level jiu-jitsu players, hook sweep, elevate sweep, whatever you want to call it, make transitions, get on the front, front headlock and sweep them over that way. Top level guys that were bigger than him make him look like they were white belts. All I saw was Bahalo had he has one or two good moves from that front headlock, yep. whether it's getting the guillotine he or whether it's it. hook sweeping you. Those two positions, he attacked it every chance he got because he understood that this is how I get to the top position every single time. When you have a guy who's that tall, that long, he seems kind of lanky for the weight class. Yep. That elevation, that elevator sweep, it works real well because you're posting off that that foot and able to hit hip up 
and get your hips higher than the other person and get to the top position. It worked perfectly. And he just hit that thing over and over again until he was on top and putting in work. And on the feet, he was just dangerous. On the feet, he's good. It was a, it was, I had it a 50 50 fight on the feet, but hollow maybe the slight advantage, but it was a good fight. It was a fun fight to watch, to be honest. Yeah, no, it was back and forth. It had a lot going on. There was all kinds yeah. of things going on with the referee. <laughs> Dan, Eddie was, he was consistently trying to tell Muradov to keep your fingers out of his eyes. All the kinds of yeah. things were going on. But it was it was a good contest between the two, and, and it was clear in my mind that Borhala won the fight. So, really a good fight. Nikita Krylov versus Volkan Ozdemir. My God, what a start of the first two rounds were just man. Mm -hmm. They went at it, and Nikita was in trouble in that first round. Volkan was going after him, and then he kind of got it back a little bit. And then in the second, kind of turned the corner on it. And then Volkan going after him. And then he just got tired. He got tired from that pace. There was a yeah. fast pace throughout this for light heavyweights. These guys were going. And that's a lot of movement. Yeah. That's a lot of weight. That's a lot of some of the exchanges and the grappling that was going on. There was a lot of getting up off of the canvas by Volkan at times. It was an enjoyable fight. It was fun to watch. You, as a fighter, you have to know what your gas tank limits are and don't exceed those, or at <laughs> least find ways to fight. At least find ways to fight to to recover. And Ozemir came out so reckless in that first round. Don't get me wrong; as a fan, I'm sitting on the side going, Loved it. "Yes, this is great. This is wonderful. I love it." But at the end of the day, it cost you the fight. Yep, you did too much, too fast. I thought you had you obviously had great moments in the first round. Had Nikita on some fucking on stilts, wobbly, sat him down, all that stuff. Great fight in the first round. Second round, you definitely slowed down. Still a good fight in the second, but you were losing. And then as the fight went on, it just was too much for you to keep coming back from. And you just had no gas. You have to know what your limits are. And you have to know when to rest, when not to rest. And we talk about fight IQ all the time because it, in situations like this, it's important. Yeah. If you can't dictate, you can't dictate and control your fighter. Like Nikita's not one of those fighters that's going to stop, even though he looks so tired. He was moments where he wanted to look like he, I thought he was going to give up or he's going to oh, start yeah. turning away and just not want to fight. But then in that second round, he got a second wind and he realized, oh no, I got this. And it became, and then you saw Ozemir just go, oh shit, he's still here. That's all fight IQ. Yeah. Learning that, okay, look, I, I gave it my all on the first. Okay, now let's slow this pace down. Let's set into a groove. Let me pick and choose my shots. He wasn't doing that, and he wasn't doing it properly, and it cost him the fight. Yep, that's exactly it. So. What are your guys, Abu Bakr and Nurmagomedov, taking mm -hmm. on Omar Godziev? Mm -hmm. I mean, back and forth, both guys very good. Nurmagomedov, better grappler overall, always ended up to come out in the top position when there was the takedowns and things like that. There was one moment in there, though, that he need Godzi to the head yeah. while Godzi was on the ground. And Lukash, if you're going to take the points when Nina Landsberg asks you for them, you better take the points in the next one when the same thing happens, but the guy doesn't ask for them. You can't have it both ways, especially if you're looking and saying, uh, was there, was there did the strike land cleanly? If it doesn't land, it's done, and it doesn't land with any type of power, okay. But when it lands, and it did land, take the point, man. 
I didn't see the one with Nina on how hard it landed. Like, oh, it landed was it the clean. same? Was it equivalent to the same? Yeah, but was was Abu Bakas the same? Monops was not, it the not same? Not the same as... position. It was uh, Landsberg was basically mm-hmm. on one foot on a knee. Her one knee was close to the ground. Her one knee was on the ground, and she was mo- like moving herself to get to the stand up position, and she was kneed by Rosa as her knee was on the ground, and it landed clean. This one was different because it was the hand down position. Yeah. So was it? But I'm saying landing clean though. But was it the same amount of force? Was it close to the like, same? That, do, do, does the I'm ref saying. obviously, John? I mean, like you, you were a ref, you know, like mm-hmm. you've been in a couple cages before. So it was one or two equivalent to the same though. Equivalent to the same. Yeah. Power everything. I mean, yeah. obviously not power, like based on, but yeah. Yeah. All right. Same thing. Well, I don't know. Lena Landsberg looked you, at it and said, you, yeah, I'm okay, but you're going to take a point, right? And he takes a point. Uh, <laughs> so what Godzi needs to now do, I guess, is make sure if you get fouled, you hey, tell tell the referee, hey, you're going to take a point, right? <laughs> do you think Do you think that the ref was a little scared because Habib's, uh, it was Abu Bakr's last name? <laughs> it's like, uh... Uh, I don't know. Buy right now. Maybe, maybe I don't want to go. Maybe say, I don't want to like, hey, point. I mean, he, I still would. You would still would have had Abu Bakr winning the the fight. Yeah, no, he still would have won the been, fight. Yeah, but he still would have won. If the you're going to take the points in the one, and it's close to the same situation, same power, yeah. you got to take it in the next. It does change the way the gotta fight is consistent. fought, though. Oh yeah, yeah. But it, if he if he did take if he did take the the point, it would have changed the way that that fight would have been fought. Yeah, Abu Bakr would, so would have had to he, go after him a lot more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Next, we're at Armand Petrosian against AJ Dobson. Man, I, I really like AJ Dobson. I thought he looked good as far as his movement and everything. Son, you've got to be offensive though. There were times when you had openings. Petrosian obviously is good in the standup, but Dobson's wrestling, not bad, but just didn't have enough output. You know, just that was the big difference. Petrosian had more output. That's what the judges are seeing. If you're not going to have that same output, you better have big moments where you're showing that you're hurting him or doing damage. And that really, there were a couple times, but it wasn't a, a sustained type of thing, wasn't substantial. And he ends up losing a fight that he definitely could have won. Yeah, AJ, if, when John says substantial amount of damage, take a look at the Rob Font and Chito Vera fight. Yep. Lost all four minutes and then rocks him in the fourth, fourth minute damage. and then finishes the round like that. That is substantial damage. So if you're having, a, if you're having, if you're trying to figure out what substantial damage is and what I need to do, if I'm just going to give away the first three and a half, four minutes, that's what we're talking about. Substantial you got to be able to rock damage. them, hurt them. them, get on top, hurt them. Really pounce on them. Really make the ref think about maybe potentially stopping the fight. That's what you need to do. Waiting around for the fight to happen and waiting around for action to happen. It ain't going to get you a win. Well, a lot of fighters are, are trying to ink out wins. Well, that's not going to get you anywhere with the UFC. That's one. one so it's going to be a lot slower pace for you to get to the top. And then oh, two, yeah. you're not making, you're not marketing yourself very well. This is a fight game. You are in the entertainment business. You need to let it all hang out, man. Let it all go. And he's going he's gonna to go back and watch that fight, and he's going <laughs> to see all of these opportunities that were there for him that you got to take them, man. You got to go. You know, but yeah. Mohamed Mokayev against Malcolm Gordon. Look at Mohamed Mokayev. That kid's good. He's fun to watch. The kid's got outstanding 
grappling. His wrestling is super strong. He's got Ruslan Kabadov in his corner, as I guess is one of his coaches, so it's nice to see him. Ruslan is still looking for his first fight in Bellator. <laughs> I know he's signed by him. <laughs> his opponents keep pulling out. But this was a oh, big man. win for Mokayev as far as he was winning the fight. And I love the fact that he went for the finish in the third round because he was losing that third round at times. Mm-hmm. You know, there was a, there were some moments he was losing the round, then he came back and got position and stuff. But Malcolm Gordon, we know he's a tough kid. It was nice to see Chris Horodesky in his corner there. You know, Chris back in the in the uh, coaching now area and stuff, but that was good. But you're going to see a lot of this kid in Mokayev. He's good. Hmm. Yeah, Gordon just made mistakes. Yeah. He had moments where he was on the back. He had moments where he reversed the position, but he kept making mistakes and giving the fight away. Yeah. And that just comes with more time, especially when you're fighting guys that have been in the game for a long time or guys that have a lot of experience, whether it's Sambo, whether it's Taekwondo, whether it's karate, whatever whatever other type of wrestling experience that's experience under the bright lights in front of competition, they learn not to panic. It seemed like Gordon, every time he got to a good position where he felt like, I got it, I got it, I got it, it slipped away. Yeah. And then that right there, that starts that starts taking a toll on you as well. And you start going, shit, I had it. Now what do I do? And and then you start fighting differently. And then it just it's like a snowball effect of a landslide of, oh, it's not going my way. Now you start second guessing yourself. You start not doing what you want to do. And that's what I saw a little bit of was that he every time he had a great position or he reversed a, a, a shitty position, and he got on top, then he lost it, and it was like, ah, oh, deep breath. Fuck, got to do it again. That's hard. That's hard to deal with as a young fighter. It is. So It is. All right. <clears throat> all right. Well, that's going to... That's good. That good? That is good. All right. That's going to wrap up our UFC pay-per-view 280. We... Um, that was a fun card, John. There was. There was a lot that of good fights on that card. There was one thing I little wanted to di- ask. A little disappointing the- in some areas. The, the whole T.J. Dillashaw pretty, with the shoulder was kind of like the Aaron Pico thing. Pretty, pretty on point by Josh Thompson. But anyways, um, <laughs> can, can you pull up the can you pull up the lightweight rankings, uh, Dave? Yep, there you go. Okay, that lightweight rankings there. Now you've got. Now we have a champion because the champion's name is Islam Makhachev. So I want to make sure that John, where did we go from here though for both these guys? Charles has beaten those guys. He's beaten he's Dustin. Not, he's beaten Justin. That's right. He and Chandler. Chandler. So, he, so if you're taking a look at all those names, you got to go all the way down, and you really got to look. One and say, guy. Yep. Gotta, let's go. Let's go. It's got to be Benil. <laughs> yeah, you it's got to be Benil against Charles because you, look, we, they've already kind of come out. Islam is going to be taking on Alexander Volkanovsky. That's great. Okay. So who do you put Charles against? Well, the guy that deserves the shot of everyone in there is Benil. So put Benil against Charles. If Benil can get past Charles, he should get the winner of the Volkanovsky versus Islam Makhachev. If he can't, yeah. then you might be coming back with Islam against Oliveira. And you know that's what uh, he was asking for You know, as they were interviewing him saying, hey, give me another shot at him and stuff, but you know, I'm not sure it's going to be any different the next time. No. I'd like to see Benil versus Charles to see who goes there. You have the winner of Dustin versus um, Chandler, and then you've got Justin, who's just kind of like floating around in there. You it's, know? I mean, really, 
you, Justin has had, and this is we talked about the we talked about this two times. Look, he fought. Yeah. He had a championship fight against Habib. He got choked unconscious. Okay, he had a championship fight against Charles Oliveira. He got choked. Will they put him in another one? Yeah, they would, but it's not going to happen without him beating one or two guys and mm. doing something. And, and I honestly think if Connor's coming back, I don't think he can make the 155 pounds, especially looking at him right now. No. So they were talking about him against Gaethje. It could, that fight could happen, but I don't see it happening at lightweight. I don't think Gaethje would give a shit. He'll fight him anywhere. No, he would fight him anywhere. <laughs> but you're what yeah. you're looking at is, yeah, they're fighting, but Gaethje in getting a win over Connor, does that move him up to get him mm. back into, you know, a championship slot in the lightweights? I don't know. Yeah. <clears throat> so I think you look at Charles. I think the winner of Chandler and, and Dustin fights probably Islam, and you have Charles and Bar- uh, Dariush. That would make perfect sense. Um, yeah, I think because the Chandler one's going to happen sooner, Chandler and Gaethje will probably end up fighting Islam next. You think? That would the make winner, sense. The winner of Dustin and Chandler fighting Islam. Du- sorry, next? Dustin and Chandler, yeah. Dustin yeah, and Chandler probably I, fighting Islam. I don't think so. I think no, you're gonna you see think Gary I, Ush- I, No, I think it's gonna be freaking Volkanovsky. Oh shit. I'm sorry. I completely forgot about Volk. Hello. That's not a good fight for Volkanovsky. No, man. I don't I d I personally don't think it is but and I, i'm gonna end up having to take volkanovsky's side because you're gonna be a homer with islam oh so stop it <laughs> john 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 you're gonna homer this to He's... death but not nah, it's you got to be honest size wise strength wise everything yeah. volkanovsky is going to come up to 155 just fine but the the size is going to be with islam the length eh, would, islam might have a little bit on it but the wrestling is going to be a big factor in that because people have a hard time getting Volkanovski down. I'm not sure that Islam's going to have the same difficulty. Yeah, but the speed kind of concerns me a little bit because as we talked there. about, speed kills. Yeah, and he that throws a good combination. Side, he takes a good he shot, does, and he's going to be hard to catch. Yep, you know he's going to be hard to catch. He's going to be. Uh, it's going to be Rocky chasing the chickens. <laughs> <laughs> That no ill will, Volk man. I love you, brother. I think you're fucking fantastic. He is. But the way that Islam said, man, this guy, little guy, this guy, oh, little guy. He's <laughs> like, he saw, he saw him coming. I guess out of the sauna. He's like, what are you doing here? So I got to make weight. Wait, you got to cut weight. Look how small you are. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. He's not a big guy. He's, you can tell he's not a big guy. But I mean. I mean, the speed, he was at one time. He was, well, he was two. He was a two hundred and some pound yeah, guy, like two thirty, playing rugby, two forty, yeah. right or something. Like that. Yeah, <sighs> fucking animal. Doesn't even look the same though. When you see old pictures of him no. playing rugby, it doesn't even God, look the same. Doesn't look anything like him. Yeah, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. He looks. He looks like a, a young John McCarthy. <laughs> That's. I could see. I could see. I could see Volk being your like long lost son. Could Were you be. ever in Australia? <laughs> way back in the day, no. I have been. <laughs> Too many times. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. All right, so we All have right, a fight that was Dave. announced with Whitaker versus Costa. What do you think? Go ahead, Dave. Talk to me about this one. All right, so it's been announced for February 12th in uh, Australia, and this is going to be Fuck the... Fuck it, Dave. Why? Go ahead, Dave. Who's going to win? <laughs> this is going to be the uh, <laughs> the card that they're supposedly going to do Islam and 
Yep. And then full call. Oh, when is right. this? February? February 12th. Yeah. yeah. It's about right. I know he wants to get one in before, you know, they have Ramadan. I think it's like in maybe Ramadan April? doesn't start until after February. No, no, I know. I, know. I understand March, what I'm April, saying. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I know. No, I'm saying that he wanted to get another fight in before Ramadan. Before? Yeah. I think Ramadan is either April or May. I know it moves. So, um, uh, yes. This to me is a fantastic fight. Is this fight going to be at 185? Yes, yeah. middleweight. Middleweight bout. It is middleweight. Okay. Yep. I think it's a fantastic fight. Um, I think Whitaker has the nod, though. Whitaker is, he is defensively and on the stand-up, defensively savvy on the stand-up. He's very tight with his stand-up. Paul Acosta is very wide with his stand-up. Um, I don't think Whitaker is going to try to take him down, but I think he will threaten one here and there. But, you know, I don't think he's going to make it a focus to try to get him down. I, I think I think Whitaker's taken a lot away from that fight with Rockhold, <clears throat> with Paul Acosta, and been like, hey, we're seeing glimpses of glimpses of the old Paul Acosta, the one that fought Yoel Romero, but you're not quite there yet. So <clears throat> this is a good opportunity for me to get another win over you, or for me to get a win over you. Win, yeah. And uh, yeah, but then what does he do, Tom? What does he do? I, he he keeps knocking down the contenders. What does he do? He, well, let's just be honest. He's in that position right now that it's tough because he's got a guy in Israel Adesanya. <clears throat> that is sitting there at the top that he's had two fights against. He had a good second fight with him, but Israel won yeah. it. And you take a look, and you know, it's two losses there. What he's really going to do and hoping for, there's a guy named Alex Perea who's going to mm-hmm. be fighting Israel. And the biggest fan of Alex Perea at that moment, I think, will be Robert Whitaker because that puts him Robert right Whitaker. back into that position to get a title shot. It does, but does it, though? We've seen when long-standing champions they get an automatic rematch. Well, that's true, and he could. It could. He could. Yeah, he could be waiting for another year before he even gets a an opportunity. If Pahea wins, you have to f- fight the rematch. Yeah. The rematch goes. It's another year, and however long you know, you know those rematches could take fucking a year itself. So true. he's got some time, man. It's gonna be. He's gonna be knocking down all the contenders. I mean, if you're the UFC, what do you tell him? Like, hey, like you're gonna have to either go to seventy or go to two hundred five because. We can't keep having you beat our number one our, our number one contenders. We can't build people off of this. Yeah, well, that, look, at, you you could be the fly in the pudding, but if he, yeah. I'll still eat that shit. <laughs> you just take you take a look <laughs> and you go, hey, you know, you keep on giving me guys and I keep knocking them down, and they and they're going to come back and say, yeah, but you're not knocking down the one guy that you need to knock down. Yeah. And so I can only put you against him so many times. You know, if it ends up where he gets a third shot at Adesanya mm-hmm. and he doesn't doesn't get a win, there's no way they can you know, yeah. come back. John, you guys I'm going to the guy with the secret juice, though. I mean, since he's been on that secret juice, he's been on a tear. <laughs> oh, he's got one win over Luke since the exactly. secret juice. Oh, secret juice. <laughs> okay. Look. Remember, Paul Goss has the secret juice yeah. with him and Jake Shields same, and some other guys. Out same secret about. juice that Dana Look, was taking. John, I want to throw this out there. <clears throat> you guys, tell tell me, tell me, guys, tell me in the comments. I want to know. I'm going to read them because I mean, I have a lot of people. I got to tag on some stuff over the Islam Olivera stuff. So don't don't think you guys are going to sneak you, away. I'm going to read that comment section. Just blow. You're going to now go these. after people because you were right about one oh fight. God. Really? I, I'm a I'm a professional, John. Are you that John. small? Of course I. W- Are you that small? No, I'm actually. I, 
I'm a little over 5'10", that's so why I'm not that small. <laughs> John, you're fucking that. right I'm coming after uh, them. You're damn right I am. Right. Jeez. Don't tease me with a good time. Be, Josh. Bored on, I'm get, I, I get be, bored be on the, Sunday nights. Be the bigger man. You're the bigger man, right? No. Ever. No, I'm not. No, I've, never, I've, ne- I've never really been the bigger man. Never. Never. So, um, no. I'm going to throw this out there. And you guys tell me if I'm completely off the wall or not. But in situations like this, John, I would love to see the UFC do trades. Someone like Whitaker, trade him to to Bellator, trade him to to Juan or PFL. Let's start opening up that conversation. If you have a guy who's a dominant champion, you can't seem to get anyone past. You you have talent that's there, but like let's bring in something else to make some fun. Let's have some fun with this. The, the Chandler situation, I'd like to see like, and I'm, and I love our champion and Patricio. No one can beat him. We're in that division. You have AJ McKee's beat him, but then he got it back from AJ. Yeah. They may fight again, but like I could see, I don't know, maybe not champions, but the guy, the number one contenders, like Yoel Romero, he's now over in Bellator. It wasn't a trade, but I mean, they're probably thinking, okay, I've got Whitaker, I've got Yoel, I've got two guys. Yoel's older. Who can I? We got to just let one guy go because. Why not trade that fighter away? Let's start seeing some trade between these promotions. Now that's a that's a that's a way to bridge the gap, John. Instead of saying, "Hey, what if my guy was to fight you know, the Bellator guy? What if we say Patricio fight Volkanovski? We're never going to see that. But let's start talking about trades. Give me somebody that you think, and I'll take somebody that I think. And hey, this guy he has not been able to be is, is he? You may not be that. able to beat Pihea. <clears throat> I'd like to that. see some trades. You could take Whitaker. Take Whitaker. And since you've got Leon Edwards, put Fabian Edwards with his brother over in the UFC, he would he would want to do that. And take Whitaker. Possibly, yeah, yeah. You could do those kind of things, but it's not going to happen. And he's young. He's it's young, he's happen. talented, someone you could... No, it's no, but I'm just simply saying... It's not going to happen. Somebody where you could build up, like, hey, we'll trade you one of our young, talented guys. That's Like you said, I like the Leon thing. And then now we get Whitaker, who's obviously at, at the 185-pound division. We're trying to build that division up. You've got a young, new champion there and Johnny Eblen. Who's got? You also have Gegard there. You've got uh, Van Stenis there. You've mm-hmm. got good fighters there. That they're looking to build now. Why not add someone like a Whitaker? I'm just throwing that out there, man. I'd love to see. I know we're not going to see Bellator versus UFC, and we're not going to see one versus uh, PFL, PFL and PFL versus. We're not going to see all these companies their fighters fight each other. But can we get some oh, trades? We can we can we get some trades? I, I think we we saw the trade, and I actually had. Before the trade had even happened, I had talked about seeing trades go on. And I was talking about the Eddie Alvarez trade to to uh, one. I think this is a perfect opportunity and something like that to happen. And this is a guy that he's been at the top several times. I'd like to see him potentially fight somewhere else against guys, you know, in another promotion where everyone talked about, oh, these guys, they're the best. Well, let's see. Trade them. Get younger talent if you want. You have those guys that are there that are available that sometimes they're wasting their career behind the guy who's the number one guy, whether it's the UFC, whether it's PFL, whether it's, you know, in Bellator. Well, let's trade that person away and see what we can get for some young talent. Bring in something to spice it all up. How much more interesting, John, has the lightweight division been in Bellator since Chandler was released and they didn't have to fit that bill anymore and they let him go over there? And how much more exciting is the lightweight division since Chandler's got there? That's right. So now both we've ways. got Tofik Mosayev. Yeah, both ways. It worked out perfectly for both promotions. Yeah. Tofik Mosayev, Usman, Usman uh, Nurmagomedov. Uh, yeah, Usman Nurmagomedov. You've got uh, Alexander Shadli. All those guys came when Chandler was let go. 
now because that that big bill is now with the UFC and the UFC now has got someone that comes in and and spruced it up. It worked out perfectly. I'd like to see some more of that going on. You know, a little bit like how the the Christian McCaffrey thing's going over to uh the 49ers <laughs> right before they play my Chiefs fucking today, you sons of guns. <laughs> Son of a bitch. Oh, I love Christian McCaffrey though. He's a fucking fantastic football yeah. player. Ah, sadly he's going to be playing against my team today. Ah, anyways, <laughs> And what else do you got for us, Podcast Dave? All right. I will wrap up on this one. Uh, we had Bo Nickel fall off a of UFC 282. He was supposed to make his UFC debut there. Mm -hmm. um, however, it seems that he's being, his fight has been replaced with Paddy Pimlet versus uh, Gordon in a lightweight bout on December 10th. Look at Paddy Pimlet against, that's Jared Gordon. That's going to be a really good matchup. I like that fight. Um, Jared Gordon's... Good all-around fighter, tough, durable. I think Patty might be a little bit too fast for him. That's going to be a problem is the speed in it. But the whole Bo Nickel thing is, look, you can get hurt in training. Yeah. And he's smart to pull himself out. This is the whole thing that we were talking about with TJ. You go into fights with injuries. You just can't go in with substantial injuries that are going to create it yeah. to where you can't fight. And Bo Nickel's smart for pulling out, right, you know, when he realizes I'm not going to be able to train the right way, I'm not going to be able to get past this injury in a real fight. He's got a career ahead of him, and it's the smart move. People, Bo Nickel is going to be good. Look, you know, this is a guy. That, go back and watch. Did you ever see Bo Nickel against Gordon Ryan in grappling? You know, they had a grappling match. Yeah. This is a guy that you know yeah. no one knew about. And it was good, and Gordon had a lot of problems during that fight as far as, you know, figuring out ways to try to submit him. And he got, you know, he rolled into all kinds of leg locks. Bo Nickel got out of him. This guy's going to be good. Just give him time. You know, don't don't rush it as far as, you know, if he's hurt, fine, he's hurt. Let's put him to another card. That's what the UFC's going to do. I like what Bo Nickel did. You have a bright future. Yep. Don't ruin it by jumping in there ahead of schedule. Take your time. And look, he's made a lot of good decisions throughout his career, whether it's wrestling, whether it's the way he's heading up his MMA career. That's it. Continue to do that. Yep. TJ Dillashaw is in a different position in his career. Yep. <clears throat> Him stepping away and not taking that fight, he may have not got a title shot. He may have, would have, he may maybe would have had to fight somebody else in that in that position to get to a title shot again. So that's why he took it. You get an extra bonus when you fight for the title. It should be in your contract. At least it wasn't mine. Is that I always said, hey, if I fought for a title, I got this much more. And if I actually uh, won the title, I got this much more. It was like all negotiated separately, different points, all that stuff. So for him, it was it was beneficial for him to go ahead and take the risk. Like, hey, I, I make this amount of money after being off for a year, came back for the one fight, and then I was off for two years before that because of the suspension. I'm not saying he needs the money. What I'm saying is that that's a lot of money to turn away knowing that if you said no, you may have to fight someone like a Peter Yan or somebody uh, like a Chito Vera. And if you would have had to fight one of them or something like that, then you would have been stuck going, shit, I'm fighting a really tough guy for less money. Way less a lot money. less money. Fuck it. I'll take my chances. I'll make this I'll make this wad of cash. Get my shoulder done. Your shoulder's only gonna take you about five I'd say about five months. I had my shoulder surgery. Took, I, I fought Gilbert Melendez the first time after five months. I was in the cage in five months. So if he's rehabbing, which he does, he's a fucking nut job. Yeah. TJ Dillashaw is when it comes to recovery. He'll be back in the cage within five months. He can fight another killer and make some more money. But this was, I think, this different stages of their career. Bo Nickel Young, 
still bright future. Take your time. Don't rush it. Don't do something stupid. TJ, different position, a lot more money on the line. Make your money, get your surgery, come back in five, six months, fight somebody else. Pretty, pretty simple. Uh, Dave, I sent you a video on the news thing, <clears throat> but it's just something I wanted to just have fun with. Is the uh, mm -hmm. Klitschko versus Shannon Briggs? You never push that up. You never say anything. It's in the news. It's no, in the news. Never. No, you, you never, never hit send. Well, I'm looking right at it. I'm, I'm looking John, right at it. John, do you see it? I mean, yeah. I don't see it. It's, yeah, it was set. It's in the news. It's, yeah. It's I'm right below Bo, It's right below Bo Nichols. <laughs> uh, yep, it's there. It's right below the Bo Nickel out of UFC debut. It's right yeah. before oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. There we go. Big John oh, sends the look, Josh. Uh, this like monster is coming for your boy. <laughs> <laughs> what? I want everybody to see this. This is the type of texts I get from Big John. See? He sends me a picture of Charles Oliveira. That's see? Right. He's coming for your boy. Coming for Jeez, him, baby. Jeez, man. Just, hey, Jeez, man. I know you. You sit there, and then as soon as I, I do that, then you start thinking about the fight, and you start getting nervous again. <laughs> yes, I do. This is the craziest thing. Klitschko pours the drink on Shannon Briggs' head. But Shannon Briggs, I had saw the video before. This is like part two. He starts eating Klitschko's food. So Klitschko what? takes his drink and pours his drink on Shannon. Yeah. Shannon Briggs does this thing apparently where he follows around wherever Klitschko is. And people try to tag Shannon Briggs to let him know where Klitschko is. So he can just show up there and interfere with his food or his meeting or whatever it is. So he goes into this restaurant and he takes Klitschko's food and starts eating it right in front of him. So then Klitschko takes his drink and pours it on his head. But what I what I love is that he gets so worked up he can't even get up to his feet. He's like flopping That's all around. The water's Shannon all over raises. the ground. He slips. Look at his feet, <laughs> so man. He's doing he's doing the curly shuffle. <laughs> John, how old is Shannon Briggs? Fifty uh, two. He's he's coming three. up on my age. He's he's up there. He's up there by you, right? Up there, Sh almost. Sh yeah, Shannon's, the Shannon's got beast with everybody. He's got beast with Quentin Rampage. He's got beast with everybody. Why, uh, dude? Why? Let's go, champ. I like Shannon. How He's old a is good he? Guy. Fifty. Fifty years old. Fifty years old. Behaving like a fourteen-year-old. <laughs> well, he got jeez, cooled off. He jeez. got cooled off a little bit. Hey, when you start, when you grab someone's food and you start eating it, no, just... let you know, let you know. Ah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Hopefully you guys enjoyed this show. Look, I tried to keep my boasting to a minimum. I tried to. John, how did I do today? Didn't do a good I mean, job. You did good. What? You did good. <laughs> I did great. You did good. But overall, but I want I'm everyone gonna to I'm going to do it all right this. now at the end. <laughs> no, I'm not going to do it here at the end. I want you guys to understand. John and I gave you guys some great odds at mybookie.ag with our promo code Wayne in. We said to bet Benero Darius, who was the underdog, which was shocking to both of us. And we went out and we said on a limb, we said, take Sean O'Malley because the spread on top of that, Sean O'Malley in a three round fight could stick and move. It didn't work out that way. We also thought Sean O'Malley lost, but, but he won on the bet, but, but in the judge's eyes and then on the betting odds, he won. We also and said the, the under on Makachev and Oliveira. Yes, we did. And we also said if, if you get it by submission. Uh, that was a great a great bet as well. But then on the TJ Dillashaw, we thought that Sterling was going to be able to get the takedowns and dominate the top position. So 
I don't want to toot our own horn, but we seem to be on track these days when it comes to picking fights. So if you guys want to, want to listen to us, we do Waiting on the Odds. It's a special segment that we do uh, only on the midweek show that goes right before every pay-per-view. It's a fantastic little thing that we do, giving you our takes on the fights. Hopefully you guys pay attention, but that's only available at mybookie.ag, and that's only available on our ch- on our main channel in our midweek show. Go to wayneandpodcast.com, pick up some of our merch. We've got coffee mugs. It's sweater season. Sweatshirt. Sweatshirt. All that stuff. Of sweatshirts. It's sweatshirt season. There you go. And we've got long sleeves and hoodies, all those things available for you guys at wayneandpodcast.com. Make sure you guys hit that subscribe button, okay? And never forget, because this is my last little bit to boast. Here it goes, here it goes. You'll be saying this a lot. Hashtag and still to the podcast and to my boy, Islam Makachev. Hashtag and still. Well, no, he's new. (laughs) (laughs) For everyone out there. You guys will be saying for a long time. (laughs) We hope you had a good time watching the fights. There were some really great fights. For Josh. I'm glad you're feeling good, brother. I'm glad the nerves are now gone because your man did win the fight. So nice. And for everyone, so thank nice. you for tuning into the Weighing In podcast. We will see you.